0: We're looking at Psalm 95, so if you want to get your Bibles out, and I'll, I'll read uh, this probably familiar psalm uh, to us, and then I'll make some comments. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King, above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. When our fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, for forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Looking at Psalm 95, um, and it begins very positively, as as you've just heard, verses um, one through uh, seven, almost the rest of uh, almost the whole of seven, is is a call to worship. Essentially, it's a call to to sing and to rejoice, and and to bow and to make a joyful noise make music to God. And the question is, why? Why is this a call to, to worship the Lord? And it is because he is a great God. He's a great king. He is our maker, our, our creator. And all those things are, are valid qualities of God that deserve our worship. Uh, many of us, uh, when we are in a particularly, you know, particularly beautiful place in nature, uh, particularly majestic part of the world, you feel compelled to worship God. You feel like this is his creation and, and your heart naturally longs to, to express gratitude and praise to the one who made it. Very much like when you see a great painting or a movie or, or, or you hear a song, there, there's an in, instinct to praise its writer, or artist, or, or creator. So the same, the same thing is happening in the psalm. And, and it seems like it's a, just a pretty generic call to worship. Um, and many of us feel that. Um, and it's not a distinctly Christian feeling. There are many people in the world who are not Christians and may not even believe in God at all that feel very similar things. They feel like there's something that's just rising up you know, in their, in their hearts when they're in a beautiful place where they recognize just the majesty of, of nature. Um, and, and that is a God-given instinct to worship God as Creator, but it's not distinctly Christian, and, and certainly Muslims and and any any other uh, religion have very similar similar responses and instincts. But as you read the psalm, what you see here is that the general awe and the general exuberance, uh, joyful exuberance before God for for His just as a response to his majesty, his, his rule, and his creation, uh, becomes something different. Um, and so if you, if you look at uh, verse "Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. And then verse 7, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. And this is where it starts getting distinctly Christian. This isn't uh, just a generic call to worship anymore. It's not a generic response to the beauty of God's creation anymore. What we find here is that the God that is worshipped as the great king is also worshipped as our shepherd. We are people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Now, this is different. This is not just the exuberance of of, of worship, the joyful worship at God's creation. This is A recognition that this great king, this great God, the creator of all that exists, humbled himself and became our shepherd. And, of course, if you know anything about the ancient world or the world world of the Bible, shepherd was not a glorious profession. It wasn't something that that people trained to be and were excited when they became a shepherd. Uh, This was was something out of necessity. This was one of the lower professions on on the social um, hierarchy order. And so when God, in the psalm, is acknowledged to be a great king above all gods and a creator of everything that exists, and at the same time, a shepherd, our shepherd, this exuberance of joy gives way to to humble bowing down and worshiping because God is a God of grace. Now, the Bible, as you know, is essentially... A book about one theme. And that theme is, is, is God's grace. That God comes to save sinners. That he does it not because we deserve to be saved, but because he's a gracious God. He does things that we don't deserve. He loves us anyway. He makes promises to us that only he keeps. We don't have another part to, to keep of that agreement. That's the theme of the whole Bible. And so when you see these passages in the Old Testament, it's simply just reiterating and reminding us that God is a God of grace. And yes, we worship him because he's great, because he's a great God, he's a great king. But we also worship him because this great king became our shepherd. And now we are the sheep of his hand and the people of his pasture. Now in the New Testament, this theme, this theme is developed even in greater detail when we read about Jesus, who is God himself, who comes to earth, becomes like us. In fact, becomes so like us that he is exactly like us except for sin. That's the only difference. That Jesus is human in every way, that we are human except for sin. And that Jesus, who is a great God, who is a great king, who is creator of all that exists, we see all those passages in the New Testament and the Old Testament alike, and yet this, this Jesus, this God, becomes a shepherd. Now, if you read, for example, in John 10, where Jesus says, I am I'm the good shepherd. He says, I'm not like those others that, that come to steal and destroy or, or, or those who, who are just hired workers that don't really care about the sheep. He says, I am the kind of shepherd that cares about the sheep so much that I'm willing to put my own life on the line. I'm a really good shepherd, Jesus says. And verse 11 of John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Not only risked his life, but gave his life for the sheep. This is why we worship. And this is why we worship God, is because, yes, he is a great king. Yes, he created some majestic landscapes that make our hearts sing. But he is a God that became our shepherd. He is a God that not only became our shepherd, but laid down his life for his sheep. That's the essence of worship. It's a response to God's grace. It's a response to who God is and what he's done for us. Now, what's interesting that now the psalm turns pretty negative. There's a call to worship. There's an explanation of why we worship. But then if you read at the end of verse 7, there's a different tone here. The psalmist says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If you hear the voice of God, this great God who became your shepherd, this great God who became your shepherd and gave his life for the sheep, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And then the reference is, is made to Meribah and, and, and Massa uh, in the wilderness, and this refers to Israel's time leaving Egypt, being redeemed from Egypt by grace, right? This great God redeeming his people by grace, by the way, through the slaughter of the lamb that, that predicts the death of Jesus. This great multitude of people is rescued from Egypt. And then in the wilderness, they doubt God. They harden their hearts. God makes promises and they don't believe him. God says, I'll provide for you. And they complain that there's no water, there's no food. And, 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 and these people went astray in their heart. They have not known God's ways. They've rejected God's grace. And even though many believers can sing the first part of the psalm, for many of us it gets a little dicey when we get to the end of verse 7 and are, are exhorted to hear his voice today and not harden our hearts. Now, if you think about it logically, if we affirm the first part of the psalm, if we affirm that God is a great king, that he is our creator, that he is our shepherd, that he is a God of grace. Disobeying him makes no sense. Hardening our hearts against him makes no sense. If we proclaim that he is our shepherd, why would we not listen to his voice? The whole point of, of having a shepherd, the whole benefit of having a shepherd is that the shepherd would guide us. And if we harden our hearts and don't listen to his voice and not follow his guidance, there's no use of... Of having a shepherd, we're just going to be sheep who have gone astray, which is exactly what happened to many of the Israelites in the wilderness. If we have a king, but we don't submit ourselves to him, what's the point of having a king? And so those of us who proclaim that God is our king on Sunday, and then the rest of the week we we live as if we are our own kings, it doesn't make sense to say what we say at church if we're not submitting our lives to this king. And if we say we have this great God, but we don't worship him, and by worship I don't just mean singing, I mean your whole life is submitted to him. He's at the center of your life. He's at the center of, of your decisions, your ambitions, your your emotions. Then what's the point of having a God? What's the point of proclaiming that he is our God and we are his people? What's the point of acknowledging him as our maker, our creator, if we live uh, in a way that, uh, that we become our own creators. We determine our, the course of our own lives, and we try to create our own meaning and our own joy, and we don't just respond to the God of grace, but we earn uh, our own meaning and, our own, uh, and the validity of our own lives. You see the, the disconnect between our belief in the God of grace and the great God and the shepherd God and the king God and the hardening of the heart. And so I'm going to end on this exhortation as the psalm ends. I'm going to encourage you today not to harden your heart. If you believe that God is your shepherd and even more that God is your shepherd that laid his life for you, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus rose for you to give you life, don't harden your heart when you hear his voice today. And Notice that this this isn't about yesterday. It's not about how you responded to God yesterday or how you responded to God when you were three years old in Awana or Sunday school. That's important. But what this psalm is talking about is right now. What are you doing with your life right now? Are you responding to God based on who he actually is and living your life in accordance with that? It's also not about tomorrow. You know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But he is our shepherd, and he will lead us. We focus on today. And today, don't harden your heart when you hear his voice to you. And if you're not a Christian, and you hear me talk about these things, and maybe it sounds strange to you, and I completely understand why it sounds strange, but this is real. This is true. There is a God. And this God is a great God. He's a creator of everything, including you. He created you and made you. With all the longings, all the instincts to, towards praise, all of that is, is his doing. And he's the same God who became your shepherd and laid his life for you on the cross as Jesus died for your sins, for your mistakes, for, for all the things that you did wrong and are doing wrong and will do wrong, all the things you felt wrong, all the things you've thought wrong, all of that, Jesus took upon himself and gave his life in exchange for yours. And the question is, how are you going to respond And if you're not a believer, become a believer. Become a Christ follower today. Because you're hearing his voice today. Don't harden your heart. He's talking to you right now. He's calling you to repentance right now. So respond to him by faith.